last time with ghosts and trains and something. As Indigo, broken, walks into the room, uh, as you look them in the eye, you see pale blue sclera of the eye that darkens into a dark green around the pupil. And while the bulls that he accompanies cast shadows as normal, there is nothing but light where he walks. Strangford, he, uh, he's offering me a promotion back in Dusquaw, that if I do end up passing it up, said he ought to restructure the pride. I've got until Scotland to decide. As you arrive, Trix, uh, you see the entertainment car. The entertainment car has come along with a entertainer and lion bull. Is that allowed? Hey, everybody, it's great to meet you. The Friendship Coalition. And today... Some natural philosophers believe that humanity's greatest asset is our capacity for speech. Speech allows for the sharing of complex ideas, and the sharing of ideas allows for collaboration. The Imperium itself survives only due to its continued collaboration with its citizens. And yet, when line bulls of a similar mind have shared ideas in the past, it is the Imperium that has put a stop to any such union. The intentional isolation of line bull gangs, along with the haste and severity of punishment for collaboration, betrays an imperial fear. If they form a union, would these line bulls then make demands? If these demands were not met, would these bulls stampede together? Welcome to Ghosts on a Train. This is a podcast where we play Ghost Lines, an RPG by John Harper. I'm your conductor, Greg. I'm your conductor, Greg. Still, I run the game. Uh, I'm Hannah. I play Andrew Anderson. Still, uh, uh, I young line bull who apparently has the authority to add train cars. <laughs> Something she will be abusing in the future. <laughs> I'm Guy. I play... Pippin McKeel, who is distraught this time for different reasons than usual. Secret reasons that only Secret McKeel reasons. at the moment. <laughs> at the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Stefan, and I play Drix, still uh, denying that he had anything to do with the entertainment car. Uh, and we have with us special guest Zan, uh, who either by now or in the near future will be known as the voice actor for the uh, sensuously, sensuously voiced uh, a litigator from, <laughs> from Super Suits, uh, therapeutic GM, and uh, probably Emergent Code might be out by the time this is out. An Animon actual play for people who like Digimon, which is uh, a lot of us here in this call. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I guess I'm I'm Zan, and I am uh, Indigo uh, Brogan, uh, and you know we're just here to start that start that good uh, friendship coalition. No ulterior purposes. That's right. Pride of Duskwall is just about ready to depart the station at Severin to head to Tiermore, uh, the northernmost city in Severos, and the Madam Shams Entertainment Car, uh, as the name implies, seems to indeed be some sort of sham, but perhaps for a friendship coalition effort? Uh, since we can't say union, otherwise we might get murdered. 
Uh, and yeah, we return now. The uh, passengers are getting ready to board and Jacques the Railman left after slyly implying that it was uh, his doing to get the Lion Bulls in contact with Brogan for this effort. You know what, actually? Can y'all just like show me around? I just like want to see how y'all do things. You know, I don't want to say that like how I do stuff back on my line is the right way. I just want to see what y'all's environment is, uh, for lack of a better term. Can I, can I shadow y'all? Brogan says as he looks down and like looks back up, kind of goofily grinning at the fact that there is no shadow. Okay, <laughs> right now you just got to tell us if you're some kind of living shadow. Yes, please, please explain the shadow thing. I'm going to be wondering about it all line if you don't. No, it's just, like I said, it's genetics. It's the parents. What, what can you what do? What kind of genetics cause you Are to you Ticharosi? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. Got it in one. Well, I mean, like, my parents are. Like, I'm from the Empire. I was born and raised here, you know. Uh, but yeah, like, dad's got feathers. And, like, mom goes invisible sometimes. Oh, and, man. like, yeah, it's wild. It sucks that you don't have feathers. Yeah, well, I mean... Maybe I do, but uh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> that, that wasn't fair. I don't. All right. Well, um, yeah, you can kind of do whatever you want. We don't have like a hierarchy or anything. We just kind of all do whatever we do. Do you want us to like walk you around the train or do you just want to watch us sit here? You know, whatever feels. Uh, yeah, actually. Could you walk me around the train? That'd be that'd be great. Super appreciate that. Super preach. Sure, Drix, walk him around the train. <laughs> Can do. <laughs> before, before that happens, however, uh, the passengers are getting on board. Uh, so perhaps it might be time for uh, for you, Lionels of Pride of Duskwall, to share with Brogan one of your favorite activities. <laughs> yes. How do you feel about people watching? You know, I feel like there's a lot to learn, you know, like we're, we're, we're here, you know, we're obviously at a different capacity than they are, but it's always good to know, you know, recently I had an interaction that taught me a little bit of compassion for folks who are used to having it their way between you and me and the bees. It was kind of nice to, to, to help that person experience a little bit of a humbling moment. But uh, yeah, that's to say, I, I like watching people. That's cool. Down with that. All right. So this is the part of the line where our passengers uh, board the train uh, and I allow the players of the Light Bulls uh, to describe any passenger that perhaps sticks out to them. These aren't the only passengers passengers on the train, but in an effort to be collaborative, as otherwise this game is literally on rails. This is the uh, opportunity to uh, describe people who may or may not be principal players and NPCs on this little adventure. Ideally sticking to physical descriptions or outside mannerisms to be manipulated hold up i every time we watch a movie me and greg i'm like i should put someone from that movie on the train but then i always forget by the time we're doing this so i'm I'm just gonna go to my letterbox hannah's opened up her letterbox no none of this is jogging my memory Uh, someone else go i i I, every time we do this i kind of so say something (laughs) So, <laughs> uh, I do either something either very stupid or, you know, something I'm familiar with. So I'm going to do, there is a group of four men. They are all on the shorter side, very stocky, kind of muscled, huge beards, bald heads. And they're all just like very 
very excited. They're, they're a group of miners. You can tell that much. They have all their, their mining tools with them. The Acrosi Scotlanders. They're, these are Scotlands. Oh, I can't wait to get on on the train. Oh, see here, Morris, be real close, real close. Uh, almost home, boys, almost home. Oh, yeah, almost home. Can't wait to see the missus. Oh, I can't wait to see your missus. Oh, she's so kind. You know, <laughs> they come up uh, a little short to Georgie, who is uh, taking the passengers. She says, um, ah, hello there, lads. And they all say, oh, oh, my, you hear that? What a sonorous voice. Oh, you, 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 you raised an acros, lassie. I, uh, I was heading back to, to Scotland, are, are you? And they all say, Oh yeah! Oh, most most definitely, most definitely. Uh, here you go, Lassie. Here you go. They hand the tickets up to uh, Georgie. Does she see parlor or passenger car? Uh, these are passenger cars. These are working men. All right. She says, "Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Enjoy your ride." <laughs> and they all shuffle, uh, <laughs> chatting uh, amiably. You, you can hear kind of like as they go off from the background. It's like, so I gotta say, lads, of the two, I need to know which do you prefer, rock or stone. Rock or stone? That's a that's a hard one. That's a hard one. It is. Oh, <laughs> well, you stone. You got the, the, the fade, their conversation fades. <laughs> I got one. There is a an acrosy like sixteen year old boy, and he's got like a handheld camera with a crank that is like turned on himself, and he seems to be doing like a review video of the train. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. Is it a live steam? A live steam! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Ja. <laughs> yeah, there's a horrible cranking noise. Electroplasmic vapor comes off of the... <laughs> comes off of the uh, handheld camera mount, or not even handheld, it's, it's like, I imagine it's almost like a camera mount. Sure. Because we've got, it's, got a, it's a big old camera. Sure. <laughs> um, hey guys, coming right now on the Pride of Duskwall. I don't know if you've all been to Duskwall, but I've been, and it is pretty, it's pretty fit over there. Heading over to Tiermore, Tiermore, it's one of those great fusion cities, you know? Severin's a good fusion city on account of the fact that Akaros is across the way. But Akaros is like so it's it's kind of it's kind of basic. I'm talking Scarvlin. Scarvlin is a little more it's a little more exalt. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And uh Georgie, uh who is uh <laughs> of Scotlander heritage, um, you see she rankles in the background of the live steam uh at Scotland being referred to as exotic. Uh <laughs> and she says, um Hello there, young one. Do you have your your ticket? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! You see, hear that, folks? Oh, I just love her accent. She's so cute. She's so cute. Uh, here you go. Here you go, love. Here you go. <laughs> Is it a passenger or a parlor ticket? I feel like it's gotta be parlor. Yeah, maybe. probably. <laughs> He's gotta show his followers all the features. Do you have a love? Do you have a do you have like an influencer car? I have a car for influence. I'm an influencer. <laughs> and George says. I, I, I've got a, I've got a car for, for influences like he. <laughs> right this way, right this way. And she uh, leads him to the parlor car, which is head of the passenger car. You rose to that beautifully. Thank you. <laughs> the, the horrible cranking noise uh, is muffled by the two, two doors between you. <laughs> I got one. I got one. These two, like, twenty late 20s twins come in. They are 
Iruvian. One is like seemingly well put together, dressed in kind of finery, and the other seems like a dumpy mess. <laughs> Love that. Is this a reference to something I should know? Or is this just no. a trope? Okay. <laughs> no, I just, I, I, I was like, you know, that would be fun. <laughs> it's a neon thing, Corona Beth. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, Stefan didn't mean it as a reference, but it's, it is. <laughs> it is. It's not. I'm turning it into a reference to a book Stefan has never read. Yeah, yeah. Fucking take it. Do it. <laughs> heard them show up. Um, heard them show up. And they're talking like... Yeah, I just feel like the the Feast of Gratitude, it's hard to, like, reconcile, you know, kind of the problematic elements. We never, we don't see our parents enough. We don't see our parents enough. Um, and the, the um, that's like the uh, less uh, refined looking one, the more refined one says, yeah, I just wish that you could, like, have more fun and not mention that in front of them during the feast. Like, every time it becomes this big old thing during the Feast of Gratitude. So the two of them, uh, passenger or parlor car. Ah, that's a toughie. That's a real toughie. You know what? I think I think passenger car because the dumpy one bought the tickets. <laughs> yeah. She produces them and it, Georgie's like, all right, ladies, pick any seats on the uh, the passenger car here. The uh, more fine looking one says, uh, oh, uh, the passenger car. Uh, how um, how frugal. <laughs> yeah. And um, they uh, they go to sit down behind uh, some chatterings of a rock is a little bit up. Uh, it's, it's a little little harsher than a stone. Stone is... <laughs> the five Scotlanders are still discussing rock and stone. Uh, Zan, you don't have to have a passenger, but now that you've seen how it's, uh, it's done, do you feel like uh, introducing a passenger? I mean, of course I have to. I, it, it is so difficult to follow all of, uh, all of that, but I'll, um, I'll take a stab at it. So I think there is a... Let's say like an uncharacteristically young, like a, say like a 10-year-old Severosi. <laughs> You know, in that in that age where it's like, I, you're you're wearing uh, pants and a shirt. Uh, I don't really know. Tell me your pronouns, kid. <laughs> Dressed very nice. Shoes maybe a, a little a little on the scuffed side. Carrying a handbag that looks entirely too old and entirely oversized for them, with what appears to be a large fishtail hanging out of the top. Oh, um, and they are very stern faced. As they as they step on, Georgie looks down and says, "Well, hello there, little one. Are you traveling with a, a parent or guardian by any chance?" So she's looking, or she's looking around, uh, and the uh, little little Severosi child uh, says, uh, "No, ma'am, I'm a, I'm a lonesome traveler here I'm by my own self. Uh, but don't worry, I won't be no trouble for for you, miss. Oh my, uh, all right." Um, Big catch of the day, uh, motioning to the fishtail. The child just says, um, could you please just take my ticket, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> this kid did not come here for a small talk. <laughs> Business. Passenger or parlor car? The parlor oh, car. Oh, parlor. All right, yes. <laughs> this is a parlor child. She hands it, and um, Jordy says, ah, the parlor car. All right, well, in that case... You'll have uh, first access to, to me, Georgie. I'm the passenger liaison. So if you, you ever want anything, ease or drink or need a little bit of help, I'll be just a uh, stone's throw away. So Rosie Chow says, I appreciate that, ma'am, I suppose. Um, but uh, I prefer my solitude. <laughs> and uh, strides with, with the, the fish, maybe like a little wetly, the fish bag wetly stacking against uh, their side a little bit as they, they walk to the parlor cart. 
I will protect that NPC with my life. <laughs> uh, we love when there are kids on the train. <laughs> it's always so funny. That's when Greg does the most dangerous shit. <laughs> There, okay, okay. There was one time these three loaded up the train with several children, and I was like, "That's the line where we're gonna get train robbed." Uh, so then they're like, "So all they're all like, you're robbing a train full of children," and the robbers are like, "How was I supposed to know that?" Which was partially me being like, "How was I supposed to know that?" It was very fun. It was very fun for us. Yeah. Oh god. Um. Yeah, yeah, I think with that, uh, with that, the last of the passengers uh, get on board. Trevor, the engineer, uh, bespectacled Akarosi, all the way in the front of the locomotive, shouts out, All aboard for the Pride of Duskwall heading to Tierbor! Pride of Duskwall heading to Tierbor! All aboard! And the train lets out a whistle. As there is a, a jet of fire and smoke in the front, and it begins to head out, exiting the lightning barrier of Severin, and the line bulls are free to uh, wander. Um, I think as soon as the train starts to move, Brogan has pulled out a little like notepad <laughs> and uh, like a well-worn um, inkwell pen that seems to like be losing the color where the finger grips are. It's like, all right, cool, okay. Appreciate you showing me around. This is going to be great. It's a really good opportunity. <laughs> if we're making a Drix show, show our friend Brogan around, which way are you headed? Is, or is there a particular place that you want to uh, show? Hmm. I think what we'll start with, I think we'll start at the back and work our way forward. All right. So probably heading towards uh, the caboose. So first you uh, head from the crew car into the office car where Candace is by her desk uh, and the big uh, heavy Imperial safe. Oh, I guess this is actually, first you pass through the entertainment car, the Madame Shams entertainment car with the teacup dork, who is a very small dork with facial hair in the shape of the teacup. Uh, oh. Probably achieved through horrible breeding practices, the ski ball tables and the poorly crackling out of tune phonograph. <laughs> uh, as we walk past, Brogan does stop with, at the, the world's tiniest uh, dork and goes, hey, Porcelini. <laughs> Doing right. You're a good pup. Listen, my heart. You're one of the good ones. Never change. And it pants a little bit, uh, but like a little bit too much. Like it probably has difficulties breathing. <laughs> what with the teacup in front of its mouth. <laughs> by, by one of the good ones, do you mean to imply that most dorgs are bad? No, no, they're all good. But it's always nice to know that you're one of the good ones. You know, everybody likes that little bit of ego raise. You know, if somebody meets your dork for the first time, you say, oh, wow, they normally don't like people. It's wild that they like you so much. It doesn't, you know, it's like, it's a white lie. Yeah, technically. And I do feel bad about that. But the good that it gives is so hot, you, you know? You feel bad about a single white lie? Yeah. Yeah. Do you not? <laughs> no. Oh. Well, hey, bro, that's cool. You know, we both live our lives. That's fine. <laughs> you are a truly fascinating presence. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> you pass it to the office car. Uh, yeah, with, uh, with Candace by your desk at the Imperial Safe. It looks like it's pretty standard, uh, like, mobile train office car for your Brogan. Uh, however, there is a weird, like, stained corner immediately to your right when you enter. 
it's it's in Congress to the rest of the train, which isn't like it's it's kept like imperially clean. A stain like this, you'd probably like do something about. It's hard to ignore. Uh, that's a cool little like smudge over there. Does that have a story? We don't talk about that. Oh, Candace, the middle-aged uh, the, <laughs> the middle-aged woman sitting behind the desk takes a drag off her uh, cigarette holder. She says, "Yeah, we don't talk about that." Good to know. All right. <laughs> hey, see, already, already part of the crew. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out what we do and don't talk about. Are you? Are you part of the crew now, Rogan? I, I mean, you know what? You're right. I'm jumping the gun on that title, but in my heart, I hope that I can be. You're very affable, but unfortunately, I've been a conductor for long enough that I. I, I, I'm trying to whip up some, some bullshit here. <laughs> and speaking of the conductor, I think it's very strange that as the conductor, you and I have not been acquainted, or in fact, this Madame, Madame Sham, if that is indeed your boss. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's that's rude of me. My bad. That's on me. Your domain, your train. Should have spoke up. Yeah, uh, Indigo, Brogan, whichever one works. Pleasure to meet you, boss. Yeah, yeah. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, yeah, you can refer to me as boss, because I guess that is what I am. Can't do boss. She says that with like a weird hint, a weird hint of sadness. Oh, oh. Hey, you know what? I do get that. I understand. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Actually, Broken does. The cold up is great. <laughs> <laughs> I think Trix is gonna just like let Brogan go through the door first and then be like, You you alright, Candace? Yeah. I'm gonna be alright. It's just uh I'm worried about some others. Oh, okay. Um if there's any way I can help, let let me know. Keep being reliable, Trix. Always. Oh man, Candace is getting fired, isn't she? Alright, stay strong and uh, uh, bye. <laughs> Jix like runs to follow Brogan into the uh, luggage car. Yeah, Brogan, as you enter the freight box car, there is like a little deployment zone, probably like an extra wide ladder, probably like a ladder is on either side of the car, so multiple bowls can quickly deploy. Up top from the freight box car, this place is always overpacked with luggage and crates of freight. There are a bunch of rats that kind of greet you as you walk in. They crawl out uh, from an open suitcase that looks like the suitcase was just kind of like haphazardly uh, opened and tossed. The rats begin to, to sniff at you. Yo, hey, what's up, rodentatas? The rats swirl around your feet as if searching for something. And as they swirl around, their tails get tangled up. They begin to fall over each other before suddenly turning rigid and their eyes go white over. They all turn to you and speak in one single voice. Oh, interloper, who are you that has entered the pride of Duskwall? And at that exact moment, Trix uh, also enters the freight box car. Yo. This guy gets to meet the Rat King. It took me like a month to meet the Rat King. <laughs> um, oh. Adric, Adric. There is a strange interloper that casts no shadow here upon the pride of Duskwall. 
Oh, hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Brogan, actual name Indigo, you know, a uh, badge name Brogan. It's a real pleasure. Uh, hey, I love what you've done with this car. This is, uh, this is pretty swanky. I approve. This is great. I mean, you're not doing this for my approval, I know, but like, it's great. Ah, uh, you are reliable, Brogan. I am not responsible for this nest of freight and luggage, but I am the King of Rats. Hey, excellent. I'm happy to be. Are, are, are we are we co-workers? <laughs> I just want to know. The King of Rats has no special loyalty to the pride of Duskwall, although I do have an affinity here for Ibn McKeel, the Purified, and his companions, Patrick and Andrew. Hey, well, that's great. You know, it sounds like you are exactly the kind of person that might be uh, willing to join our, you know, I would love to. <laughs> Another time, we could talk about a, a friendship coalition, you know, that I'm, I'm working on. That friendship think... coalition. Yeah. I am the collective will of rats. Therefore, <laughs> the king of rats is wherever there are rats. This sounds an awful lot like kind of what I am. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, yeah, kind of. You know what? I'm going to release these rats, Adric, but this fellow seems pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you cast a shadow, though? Ah, uh, it's genetics, you know. I smell the scent of demons upon you. <laughs> Yeah, that that and the, the sprouts. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Drix, uh, your coworker's great, man. Uh, the, rat, the rat tails untangle and they scatter once again over the uh, empty suitcase. I can't believe the king of rats likes you. That that's surprising. Oh, does the king of rats not normally like show up and shake hands and stuff? <laughs> Usually not. Oh, oh, that makes me feel good. If that's a white lie, don't tell me. It's okay. You're, it's 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 not it's it's not a white lie. I am truly stunned. Um, okay. Um, wow. This is. I've seen a second. This is a lot to take in. Um, Meanwhile, back in the office car. Back in the office car. Out from the top bunk of one of them, there is the uh, peeping voice of a young woman. Oh, God, I'm going to have to hope that this is uh, Elaine's voice. Uh, Elaine, the Skavic witch that Andril helped escape Severin and stuffed into a suitcase. That was indeed her suitcase that is empty. She's now in the crew car, uh, and she um, pops her head over. Andril, Andril. Huh? I thought I told you to stay in the suitcase. The rat spoke to me. I did. God, you got to meet the Rat King? It took me like a month to meet the Rat King. I'm, I'm a witch, Andrew. I, I sensed his presence. Uh, no fair. And made him, made, him, made him show himself to me. Oh, that's that's kind of mean, honestly. I feel like, I don't know, you should respect his privacy. But uh, the, not not here or there, what the Rat King say. Called me an interloper? Uh, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with the whole thing. Oh, is it all right if I stay here? Yeah, no, I guess. Uh, just don't don't get caught, because that's that's bad for both of us. Uh, Pip, you're fully here. <laughs> oh, uh, hey Pip. Hey. <laughs> you remember that? She she peeps and hides back under the. No, bunk. it's fine. He's cool. Pip, you remember that time you put Fishbone in a suitcase to smuggle him? Oh, cool. Uh, you're not cool, but oh. you're you're not gonna snitch. That's true. Remember that time you put Fishbone in a suitcase to smuggle him onto the train? Yeah. Yeah, I did that with this lady. Oh. Are you sure that Imperial isn't going to tell anybody? Eh, no, he's fine. I'd have enough dirt on him that it'd be mutual short destruction. 
Then I'm probably gonna forget this encounter in approximately three and a half hours. Yeah, he's pretty much always very drunk. Anyway, I actually need to tell you and trick something, but I've been having a hard time getting either one of you alone. Oh, well, I'm here. Should I should I go somewhere? I I don't know. Make me go among the passengers or something. Can I feel like you should probably not be walking around? But I don't know, Pip. You got any opinions? I I, I, I don't think that they I, I don't think that they know exactly what I look like. You can't tell who's a witch just from looking at them. I guess. I'm mostly just concerned that like you know, Joji's gonna be kind of a pain and get the the whole uh, where's your ticky kind of thing, but. We'll smooth it over later. Don't don't worry about it. Yeah, it's fine. You'll be fine. You you know what? From this point, I've gotten you onto the train. I kind of feel like my job is done here. Uh, you you're 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 a, an independent woman. You can you can figure it out from this this point. I mean, if you want help, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, I'm not like cutting you loose. I'm just saying, if you want to walk around, like. That's kind of your prerogative. You, you seem very conflicted. Uh, I'm not. I just, well, I've never smuggled someone onto a train before, so I'm not really sure what the protocol is. Have you smuggled people onto trains before? What do you think? Uh, mostly, you kind of let them do their thing, and at that point, like, you know, if, if anything really happens, it's not really a problem. If you want to do something about it, then, like, you can step in and be just like, yeah, it's fine, it's cool, I'll vouch for him. But it's, it's, you don't have to stick your neck out that much. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll head to the passenger car. I'll, I'll mingle a little bit. You can have your, your little talk. You know, Andrew, you, you are indeed a child. So I, I think you've done, you've done plenty. Thank you very much. Uh, they definitely would have hanged me or, or, or worse, for taking out Lord Governor's wife and all that. Yeah. If you need help again, let, let me know, both because of out of the goodness of my heart and also because I think that lady would maybe still murder me if you got caught. Also, there's a kid with a camera in the parlor car, so I would avoid him. Yeah, this is probably the best. She uh, exits. You two are alone. All right, what's the news? So, um... Do you happen to catch Strangford here when you go on the train? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a some reason for that. He's trying to force uh, force Candace out. He's basically offered a promotion, kicking her upstairs. What? Yeah. He wants her doing office work, which you know will take her away from the train. Problem is, if she takes it, you kind of lose that protection. Is she gonna take it? She might have to, because if she doesn't take it, Strangford can just restructure the train himself. It's not really a scenario we can win. Can't he can't he reassign people either way? Yes and no, but like, you know, that's kind of the point of the threat. Is even if you give in to his demands, you don't know if he's actually gonna follow through on it. Well, that seems silly. Or not silly. It, it sucks. Yeah, I mean, she... What are we going to do? I don't know if there's much that we 
can do. Well, we can't. We can't do nothing. Otherwise, we're screwed too. I think we're kind of screwed either way. <sighs> but I think the only thing we can do right now is getting the word out. Get the word out, like to the other people on the train. Yep. How does that help? I think it's a little bit easier when you're facing an execution like this to at least know which way the, the gun is coming from. What? I, I just, I'm not too good with me metaphors, alright? Yeah, I didn't get that at all. I think it's worth people knowing what we're up against. Okay. Although considering the last time I did that with Georgie, it didn't go over so well, so who, who knows? I could tell Georgie. She usually gets a little less mad at me. Not that much less mad at me, but like she really, you, you really uniquely piss her off. I, I seem to have that effect on people. Yeah. All right. Guess I'll go talk to some people. Meanwhile, back in the back of the train, there is probably a very uneventful passing underneath the Leviathan belly. It's basically just a big old tanker for lightning oil to be delivered elsewhere. There's stuff on top for like climbing all over it. And then from train side, there's like a tunnel for you to walk through. So it's just walking through a lot of metal <laughs> that's full of lightning oil. Very standard for trains. Brogan, you've seen it. I think as we're walking, Brogan's, you know, just trying to make small talk. It's like, hey, so here, here's the question. Just a little icebreaker. I, I like to get to know folks. Like on a bad day, what's the food you go for? What's your, what's your, what's your dinner that's like, I'm, I'm going to treat myself tonight? That's a toughie. That's a toughie. Some like twice fried beans over some crispy eel cutlet. That sounds great. Put the whole thing down with a yee hauler. Yeah. Excellent. Next time, you know, if you've got a, a, a good rec for a place, I'd love to hear it, you know, next time around. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, most places in Severn are pretty good compared to Akaros at the very least. Hey, I hear that. I hear that. You make me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right, cool. Hey, I, uh, I, no, no obligation to answer questions, friend. It's all good. I, uh, you know, I just want to, you know, I, I just, I, I just want to know the name of the folks that are like counting on me to, to help them out. I know you're just coming on really strong. Oh, oh, no, man. I get that. I, I get that. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. No worries, we can walk in quiet. It's no fight, it's fine. <laughs> the last car of the train. Caboose. Rogan, you see there's a spirit box. There is uh, levers and switches and things. It looks like a workshop, as one would expect for a caboose. Encounter suit repair. And there's also uh, about a half dozen hammocks. There are several of the railmen, either tinkering in the workshop, playing in the hammock, uh, chatting. Jacques sees you and says, Ah, bonjour, bonjour. Drix, are you taking our friend here on this touristy train? Yep, yes I am. I figured he'd need to see see everything. Well, uh, now that you are always back here, and uh, sound perhaps no prying ears, Michelle puts a duvet over the spirit box. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the conditions on this train from day to day are... Um, they are pretty standard as far as the Imperial Railways go. However, we have seen a large amount of uh, ministry meddling 
many uh, ministry officials have come here. Lord Strangford himself took a ride uh, and attempted to fire uh, the liaison on Georgie, who you may have met. And it was uh, Candice, the conductor, who, uh, as well as my uh, understanding, the bulls, helped prevent uh, such a scene. The, the, the real problem is just uh, when the ministry sticks their, their fingers into things, uh, as their hands, their hands in the stew, <laughs> as they would say in the Aruvia. We, we really need a, a way to counter that. Oh, well, hey, I, I, you called the right guy. Yeah, that, that's kind of that's it's kind of my specialty, and I I can really I can feel the family. It's like everybody is is just working on the same page and on the same team, and I I, I understand your panic. Yeah, we can't you can't lose Candace. I met Candace for like all of two minutes, and she's great. Like. I would, I, 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 you know, I would stick my neck out for her in a heart. Hold, 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 hold on. Um, what? Jean-Claude comes out from his hammock. Adric, as you know, I, Jean-Claude, am a bit of a messy bitch. <laughs> I, uh... It was the drama, yeah. I went down to a pub to try to spy on the little amorous encounter between Pippa McKeel and uh, Candice. Dang it, he, yeah. he told Andrew and I a fake date so that we wouldn't know when to spy. <laughs> oh, well, mon ami, let me tell you. It is my understanding that Candice is uh, dealing with uh, a bit of an uh, improbable decision. So uh, she's being threatened to leave or to have all of us be scattered to the winds while she maintains the pride of Duskwall. You're kidding. Oh, that... Oh, sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt in your situation. No, no, no. Process, process. <laughs> okay. All right. Business mode, then. We can't let Candace get sent away, and we can't get sent away ourselves. How are we handling this? Well, friend, and I, I hope you don't mind me calling you friend. It feels like we're, we're in a camaraderie situation. Let me, let me share some words with you. We bulls stampede together. <laughs> we can't. We can't let them take Candace. Candace is the life of this uh, of this train, and, and we're the bone. We're, we're the skin. We're the muscles that make it go. We stand together. We stampede together, or we're stew separate. Wow, that was a uh, that was actually kind of profound, Brogan. Thank you, I appreciate that. Huh. All right. Um, so, how does togetherness help us here? I, I think we have to form a a friendship coalition. You know, if all of us refuse to leave or refuse to give up Candace, the ministry would have to bargain with us as we control the train. Exactly. This this train is. Functionally ours, all, all they have is a deed of ownership, but uh, we are the ones who, who repair it. You are the ones who protect it. Candace is the one who leads it. They don't know the little, the ins and outs. They don't know the details that keep this train working. They think it's just a thing. And without Trevor, the train won't even move. Yeah. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, man. Brogan, we're going to the we're going to the front of the train right now. All right, I'm here. I'm <laughs> with you. Let me back you up. I'm lead the way. 
Hello, dear listeners. This is Zan from startplaying.games/insanityttrpg. Are you tired of mindlessly looting dank, dark dungeons, overwhelmed by the wholesale looting of goblin villages, and frankly unimpressed by the idea of continued war against oversized lizards? Maybe you're a new player looking for an easier starting point than a polyhedral crunch fest, or a player looking for a game with more roleplay than the standard hex crawl, or even a fellow forever GM looking to learn a new system and frothing at the mouth at the idea of actually being able to play for one even though everyone has always said that they'll be the next one to run <clears throat> As a professional GM with seven years of international experience, I run games with an emphasis on collaborative storytelling and cinematic scenes, where the rule of cool is always in effect. Players of all experience levels are welcome, and in particular, new players or folks curious about trying something other than D&D are encouraged to join for a one-of-a-kind adventure. You can live your Saturday morning cartoon dreams, like the superheroes in Mask or the officially licensed Avatar Legends role-playing game. Or maybe you would prefer the hard choices you'll make as you deal with supernatural threats in Monster of the Week. Or even embody the mantra, be gay, do crimes, in the over-the-top emotions of thirsty sword lesbian. Or one of the other popular choices, like pick-up-and-play games, like Honey Heist, Crash Pandas, or Claws in Effect. The tongue-in-cheek, B-movie spoofing, fourth-wall-shattering, they came from beneath the sea. Or the kayfabe thriving, top-rope flying, undead pile-driving duties of a champion in Flexorcist. Find these and more, or contact me about getting your own private game started at startplaying.games/insanityttrpg. That's I N X A N I T Y T T R P G. Andrew, uh, you were going to talk to Georgia, yeah? It, yes. I don't think I said I was going to talk to Georgie, but I definitely... You said you were going to talk to people. Yes, but I definitely meant I was going to talk to Georgie, right. actually. Um, because, yeah, so uh, you head through the entertainment car. Yeah. You see the little teacup, and it gets a little... <laughs> and Jiminy goes like... Yup, 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 yup. And they start, like, sniffing at each other. Oh, Jiminy, I'm so sorry we don't have time for this. <laughs> we'll come back later, I promise. Jiminy licks the teacup, and Jiminy's tongue is like the size of its entire body, oh, so it knocks it down a little bit. Oh no! Uh, and then Jiminy, Jiminy gets a little dorky, <laughs> sneeze <laughs> to show that he's just playing. So you head into the passenger car, where you see Elaine among the five five scovelanders. They're all chatting and, and, and smiling and stuff like that. The two twins, the slightly less refined-looking one, she's looking out on the train in the distance. There's little swirls of dust from the Severosi Plains, mm-hmm. little, little whirlwinds. Mr. McClaremont, 40, 50-year-old, uh, 50-year-old Severosi man, dark skin and a bald head, waves as you come by. Hello there, Andrew, are you perhaps on a, you look like you're on a mission. Should I inform the passengers that things are about to get rough? Uh, no, this is not a passenger danger situation. Mr. McClaremont, and she's gonna like pull him into the booth maybe. Mr. McClaremont. They're going to try and, uh, well, not fire Candace, but Lord Strangford uh, is making her take another job up in the, the, the fucking the offices. Oh, uh, desk work. Desk work. Well, I suppose she, she, that. <laughs> she is getting a little old, but yeah, you'd have to pry this 
trained from her dead body. Mm-hmm. I mean, she won't take it. It's fine. They said they they think Pippin didn't explain it that well, but I think he he said that they were gonna like like make us if if she didn't take it, they were gonna do something to us, make us take other jobs. A restructuring. Yeah, that's that's what he said. Oh my, I've been on the Pride of Duskwall for some years myself now. I'm I'm fourteen. Um, so I don't really know what'll happen if I get another job, um, because whenever I'm like, people, I'm like, I'm a line bull. People always look at me and are like horrified about it. Um, but I think like, like, I don't know, you guys are really nice to me. So it's not that horrifying other than the like many near death experiences, but you guys are at least nice to me. And so if I got put in another train where they were less nice to me, I don't feel, I feel like that'd be really bad. <laughs> now, now, don't worry, don't worry, child. I, I, I do think that um, Candace would, uh, Candace values his train, but I, I, I think by now you are part of the train. So she'd sooner take the job and uh, leave you out in the lurch. But that's bad too, because then what if they bring on someone who's less nice to me? Quite the conundrum. Yeah. I'm afraid I, I don't know how much uh, I can offer. I'm gonna go talk to Georgie about it. Uh, and maybe we can think of a shenanigan. Oh my, yeah, so I suppose I suppose that if Candace were to take the promotion, Georgie uh, occupying Candace's previous position of a youth would naturally become the conductor afterwards. Oh, really? I guess that'd be okay. Georgie's, like, kind of mean sometimes, but not in, like, a murdery way. But I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I should talk to her. So I'm going to talk to her. Sure, sure. Uh, just uh, watch out if you do step out uh, on top of the train for any reason. Looks like the dust devils are out. Oh, okay. Duly noted. Bye, Mr. McClarebot. Yep. Pip, what are you doing? Pip does not want to go like back into the office car because then he has to be with Candace, and that's that's already stressful enough as it is. I don't think Pip's doing a whole lot. I think he's kind of just waiting for something to happen. He's just stuck in between. Let me tell you, let me tell you, Pip, something is happening. Uh-oh. Pip, you're looking out. All along the plains of Severus, the winds picks up here a lot. Little whirlwinds, little little tornadoes pass by. And obviously the Pride of Duskwall is a very, very heavy piece of metal. So it's not like the extreme winds or anything that you have to uh, to worry about for that. But there is a phenomenon on the Severosi Plains that you definitely would be familiar with as a line ball called a dust devil, where weak spirits of the Deathlands, which are in, in a vaporous form normally, are picked up by these strong winds and sort of all swirled together. And that is a danger to a train, just essentially a concentrated swirling little whirlwinds of spirits. They're pretty to look at, blue and black, as the, the sand is black in the plains here. But a couple of them seem to be making their way towards the train. They don't They don't happen to like move towards... Uh, actually, I don't think Pip knows a whole lot about them. You know, you know that they're a thing. I know they are a thing. That's about it. The behavior of a dust devil is hard to gauge because it's partially the winds, partially the spirits, but also like the spirits are kind of just along for the ride. It's only the weak ones that are otherwise powerless from being swept up. (laughs) I think Pip is going to try and find Drix then. Good move. Good move. Because Drix knows the area. 
while Pip is hesitating to go to the office car, Drix and Rogan come along. Pip, we have a problem. We've got several problems right now. Which one do you think we should be going on about? Candace. Ah, yes. Uh, how'd you find out? Wait, you knew? Yeah, I was waiting for a chance to talk with you about it. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Sorry, Rogan. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's nothing against you. It's just like, I don't know you yet. So it's, it's, it's like office politics. I'm not, I'm not sure, like. No, all good. Not sure if you're cool. Well, Brogan is here. I get it. No, you don't know. You don't know me from a hole in the wall. All good. I um, I, I can excuse myself if you if you'd like for me to. I feel like I have some idea of the situation, but I don't want to assume. I'll, I'll go with my thing first because I think that might be relevant to you, given you're also like I'm from kid fight. So, uh, Drix, what what do you know about Dust Devils? Because I don't know a whole lot, and I saw a, a bunch kind of heading our way. Oh, well, uh, hmm. How big was the storm? Uh, uh. <laughs> Pippin uh, gestures outside the window. Uh, uh, it's not like a small dust devil, but it's not like the biggest one. Uh, it is upsetting. Uh, I'm saying it is concerning. It's concerning. Mm. Because it uh, appears to be growing larger as it is heading towards the train. That one is not. It's not not a problem. Okay, so we might need to go out there and break it up so that it doesn't, you know, constitute a giant dust devil by the time it reaches the train. Checks out. Cool. Usually we'd go out on horses and, you know, blast a few spirits away in key places, make sure that it kind of, you know, spread apart a little bit more. It's 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 like uh, it's like better to be hit by, like, a bunch of little rocks instead of, like, one giant boulder rolling down a hill, you know? Okay, so, um... What do you do if you don't have any horses? Well, I think we're gonna have to, I think we're gonna have to just shoot what we can from the train. So it might be a bit of a clutch moment where we have to, you know, wait for it to come into range and then pew, 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 really, really nail it. (laughs) It's it's better not be like the big water thing. I think it might be a situation where we need to be quite precise. And I mean, now that you bring up the big water thing, uh, dumping the Leviathan belly to get away from it is also an option. It's not the best option, especially considering the whole Candace situation. That would not look good for right now. But um, if, if, if in an emergency. Meanwhile, in the passenger car, Elaine is uh, frantically waving her arms at Andrew. <laughs> I guess I'll go over. I understand that we're here in the Deathlands, so I'm kind of I'm kind of in a, in a in a state right now. Yeah, yeah. On account of all the spirits about, but there's something heading this way, and I'm terribly uncomfortable. I, I understand that you're a you're a line ball, so if if I I don't know if you could go check it out. I don't I I don't usually deal with spirits myself. It's it's just just me blood. Uh, there are a few situations happening right now. I'll find my other line balls, and we'll figure something out. But a slightly more refined twin is raising an eyebrow as she's clearly listening since she's not looking outside. <laughs> Andrew uh, glares at her. <laughs> so, Andrew, do you head back to the crew car? Uh, yeah. Yep, Andrew heads back to the crew car while you're all discussing this. Hey, um, I brought, uh, oh, is anyone listening? Are we good? Um, we're 
kind of we're kind of all there's a whole lot going on but but go ahead speak your mind um okay i brought a skavic witch onto the train in a suitcase and she says something's happening yes you just something is happening indeed uh drix gestures out the window oh yeah i guess that tracks all right did you tell him about the about candace pip sure did well i didn't have to because how, how did you find out um I cannot reveal the name of my sources it was Jean-Claude wasn't it nope nope it was it was not Jean-Claude <laughs> I know he's one of them real men I know at least one of them's a messy bitch who lives with the drama okay <laughs> alright well that could be any one of them uh, hold on, just one second, and uh, I'm going to take a piece of paper and a pen, scribble out uh, a code for Trevor. Uh, boop, 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 boop. The sentence: Use your Sparkboy Power Club decoder ring to read this message. <laughs> and I'm gonna send it via pneumatic tube up to the front. Can I assume that you are suiting up? Mm-hmm. Yes, you're suiting up. In that case, I would ask, what roles are you all suiting up for? Uh, I think... I, I want choices first, yeah. right? Yep. First pick the Brogan. You were the owl in your cold open. We uh, do love it when people are the owl, because we're all really They're bad. all really dumb. They're all really dumb. <laughs> all right, let's do owl like, then. Negative insight. <laughs> I, have a, I have a one in insight. Oh, never mind. You have a one in insight. You just don't like to be the owl. Yeah. I'm, it's my, it's, I'm still not good at it. <laughs> I have hmm. zero in insight, which is better than I had. All of your insight scores are so high. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not very insightful. Him okay. Okay, so I do feel like for a leadership role, I feel like Brogan would step back. This is not this is not his train. He's not yeah assuming to be the one in charge. Let's go anchor. I think that sounds right. Brogan instinctively reaches for the uh, heavy uh, encounter suit before Pip can get to it. <laughs> what are you guys really bad at? Uh, I'm really bad at steel, which is off the table because Brogan took it. Yeah, you're, you're good on that front. Yep. So I can do, I can kind of do whatever. I just have a one in finesse. I'm really bad at insight. Okay. I have a one in insight. And you get bonus questions. I do get bonus questions. I can take out well. Okay. Pip will be mediocre at whatever he's doing. Yeah, I. Pip, I am next. Why don't you take the spiders since you'll have the one in finesse, and I would have the two in force. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Hell yeah! You all suit up and get to the top of the train. Dust devils, plural. Oh no! They're around. They're out and about today. There's the one that's gathering and headed towards the train from, like, let's say, the train's left side. There's another coming up on the right, and you see on the horizon there is what appears to be a small dust devil, but who knows by the time you get up to it. Would you say that they are out in force? Out in force. Who would like to roll against the supernatural roll and lead the bulls? Usually one of us will have, like, the first person up top. This is the first time in a while we've all arrived, like, relatively I'm giving you a normal time. I'm giving you a normal one. Normally, yeah, normally I'm like, oh, these people are present, so therefore they're leading. But yeah. It's a normal one. <laughs> you know what? I want Pip to take this. All right. Uh, so it's time for me to ask you my questions three. More than three questions, really. 
if you completed your apprenticeship and journeymanship, mm-hmm. of course, it's a plus two total. Don't have the support of another gang. You have an anchor, so that's no minus one there. Uh, you have a bull in every other roll, so that's no minus one there. Do the other bull swear to follow your orders without hesitation? What do you say, Pip? All right. I... You're going to listen. Probably. 100%. Yeah. Why wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Have you ever worked this line area before? Unfortunately, you have not. So take a minus one. So that's a total of plus one. So roll me 2d6 plus one. That is 11. Hey. Oh, nice. Take that. You get to pick two from seizing the initiative, maintaining an orderly disposition, or seizing a particular opportunity or advantage. I'm going to say maintain an orderly disposition and seize a particular opportunity. I don't think there's really any way to have initiative against the weather. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. For the opportunity, if anyone has any ideas while I'm coming up with something, feel free to pipe in. Maybe the wind dies down a little briefly. I don't know. I was thinking what we could do is basically like the tracks are effectively on a highway. There might be like a like a hill that we're up on. So we are going to actually how would that help? I've got an idea. Okay, shoot. So the dust devil has been traveling for a little bit and picking up stuff along the way. I think it passed by a lightning oil refinery and has uh so there are canisters of lightning oil tangled up in the dust devil that we could shoot yes. to blast it apart. Right. A good old... Right. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. This is just like Sharknado 3. You've uh, <laughs> detected the influence, I see. This is indeed a ghost NATO. <laughs> this also does give us some Legend of Zelda-like giant eyes to shoot. Exactly. For exactly. massive damage. And so, three Dust Devils total, one's coming up on the left, the other's looking like they're on the right, and the other you're coming up to on the horizon. But you get to make the opening move, and the spider's special opening move is using a lightning web to tether a ghost to a spirit bottle, which in this case would be lassoing that twister. (laughs) Also, for any sticklers, I don't actually remember which Sharknado they blew it up uh, in. that, That easily could be incorrect on my part. Stefan, which one is it? They blew it up in like four out of seven, I want to say. So That's it's like. true. It is a pretty common move. You're fairly safe. It's even odds. <laughs> I would not be surprised if uh, listeners were really into Sharknado, considering uh, how many people we have here that are into Sharknado. I'm really into Sharknado. I love Sharknado. I mean, Stefan's going to listen to this later. So, uh, opening move. I don't really know how we can, like, really capture these since it's a ghost NATO. Yeah, you'd just sort of be lassoing it, essentially. Could I instead do what I did before and have the spirit flare and try and shoot one of the dots for massive damage? Sure, that would be that would be a force roll. Force is not something I'm good at, but I still got the plus one from the added benefit. Mm-hmm. You are apparently not good at anything other than steel, since, since, which is fine. I'm not good at anything other than uh, finesse. And since we've maintained an orderly disposition, you are all in whatever position you find most advantageous to you. I am I am the only one who's good at force and finesse. I'm admitted. That is a seven plus one plus two, eight. Eight. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. So which is the one that you do? Uh, inflict great harm, suffer little harm in return, or see something, create an advantage? 
I'm going to create an opportunity. Pip is facing the side where the two twisters are coming from and just kind of blasts one. I think just like a very, very lucky shot, like it wasn't even really aiming. Pip's hand is like all shaky, just kind of like waving, but just like stabilize with the other hand and just pew! Spirit flare. I'm, I'm not sure if Greg has a spirit flare nor is, or not, but manages to pop one of the lightning oil bottles. It is cool as shit and also a very Sharknado-ass move. Yes. I like the idea that it does hit one of the spirit bottles that was in the twister. It arcs over to the other one, kind of dragging them a little bit closer together. So I want to say the opportunity is that you can kind of hit both for maybe a little bit less damage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably the equivalent of like a, a lightning hook jolt. As far as damage-wise, since a little bit of the electricity is going to like rattle out from the spirit flare. To harm. There's a reaction. Uh, a couple of these canisters, there's like a, a, a light pop. One of the canisters flies off towards the one. Since they're kind of like left, right, front, I would say left one going towards the horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the left one drifts towards the horizon, but the canister that pops flies back and does uh, hit you, Pip. Cool. Go ahead and take two. Go ahead and take two. The equivalent of like a manifestation attack. <laughs> As though it were for the spirit. Got it. But you're not wearing the anchor suit. I don't have the anchor suit. So we'll take the full two. <laughs> Sadness. Ping. Since you did not seize the initiative, the dust devils are still going. Uh, so yeah, the left one drifted a little closer towards the horizon. There's weird synergy happening here as the spirits and the electroplasm are kind of like tangling together. But it is heading close. It is bearing down on the train. The dust devil all the way on the right. You see it's growing now to be comparable to the one on the left, which is at the moment the largest. Oh boy. Although it's looking a little unstable. Who would like to act next? I think Trix will do it. I think seeing what happened to Pip, he's going to, you know, strum down and Vulcani bury you real quick. What does that look like? He's going to, like, bring his hand down, hit, like, a mechanism on his belt, pull a latch out, arms out, and, like, a barrier of stone and dust hovers just around his skin. Well, it's, it's, it's a little further than the skin, like, a, like about, like, one an arm's length away. Yeah, like an arm's length around him in a bubble, just in case any debris comes flying back at him. Sounds good. Sounds good. It's the new and improved one for you. Yeah. I think I think he's like looking at the two trying to suss out a big point where he could ideally hit both of them. Well, that is the opportunity that Pip opens up. Yep. So that's like super possible. Cool. He's going to like look there, level his heavy lightning hook, reach behind him, grab a lightning canister, jab that in, and he's going to lock on and fire. All right. So you get the plus one for the lightning oil. I assume force with the heavy lightning hook. Yep. We're going to try. In this case, doing harm is like disrupting them. Yup, I figured. That would be an 8 plus 3. That is an 11. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. What's the one that you don't do? Because, that, yeah, that, that gives you 2 out of the 3. I think inflict great harm and... We have two opportunities floating around. I don't think we need another. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good on that. So a little harm in return. And yeah, you're using the heavy lightning hook. So you're going to do a lightning hook surge, which is three harm. Also, don't forget I have vicious. Which you have vicious. So you do six harm. Jeez, Louise. Uh, So three harm to that one on the left is enough to disrupt it as you, you you zap it some more canisters pop and fly as it makes contact with the train's own electro fields which is a little bit of a, there's like some distance away like a, a, a per like if two people stood on top of each other 
that's where like the uh, the train's lightning barrier would start probably. Upon making contact with that, it fizzles out. The the spirits are freed and ricochet off <laughs> into the distance, or just kind of dissipated and scattered across it, almost like joining it. Maybe one of them crackles and arcs towards you would be too for like uh, the equivalent of like a lightning hook jolt. Mm. But you took less harm and you've got the barrier, so you're able to no sell it. Whew. The remaining three harm goes to that one on the horizon, crackling along their little um, tether where where they've been mixing together. And yeah, it's looking pretty unstable, about as unstable as that one that you just dissipated was. Nice. So the one on the right now is getting awful close for comfort, uh, getting large. The one on the horizon, the train's still moving forward. If you don't do something, you might hit these simultaneously. Andrew or Brogan? Brogan is going to uh, look at the... The herdmate that hasn't gone yet, <laughs> and like still kind of like in the in the heavy suit, moving a little bit awkwardly, is going to look over and like nod his head once. And go, all right, herdmate, show me what you got. I'm going to uh, create some space, I and is know. going. Oh, sorry, go. Nope, it's all good. No, it, we're, we're all in this together. I just was going to say I don't know if that's what a group of bulls is called. <laughs> it is there. <laughs> uh, he screams as he with weird agility darts down the train. Almost as if he had the swift quality. Uh, (laughs) And is waving to try to get the uh, the one coming up on the right hand side, trying to get their attention. And I'm going to assist my herdmate's action. All right, all right. (laughs) That that rolls. Roll for me finesse. Okay, uh, and I do have attuned. So I get a plus two to assist. Yep. Wow, you nice. have the same ones as me. No, not the same ones as me. Jiminy has Swift. I don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Only we could all be as good as Jiminy. <laughs> all right. True. Hey, all right. That's a 10. Hell yeah. All right, yeah. great. So you get to do two from doing it quickly, doing it without trouble, compromise, or cost, or doing it stylishly to greater effect. Let's do it quickly and impressively. Yeah. When you said you first ran down the train, I'm sure maybe the realistic thing would be running along the top. If you were to do it stylishly, do you think you could do like a wall run? (laughs) Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think we we start like full sprinter start, like hunkered down and just bolt and kind of shift over to the right hand side, teetering right on the like one foot on the side, one foot on the roof and just signaling it, being as big of a target as he can be. Yeah, yeah. So the one on the right, the the spirits there get like tangled up and attracted. Your personal electro field is, uh, from the anchor suit is crackling up with the train's electro field, like it's reaching out to grab a hold and you're dra- you drag the <laughs> dust devil further away towards the back of the train. Uh, the back of the train, are you going forward? Are you- uh, I think I was moving forward, but forward. I was just trying to intercept the, I was just inter- whichever direction I need to go to intercept the, the big boy on the right. Bringing it towards the uh, the one on the horizon. <laughs> you run it along, I think, uh, as far as the compromiser costs, as you run. You know what? I can't not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think you're running. Your feet feel so light. Everybody's super duper impressed with the surprising agility. It's like Brogan's feet aren't even touching the train, especially that part where his feet stopped touching the train. <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna do? Should have had feathers. 
broken. So the uh, dust devil on the right, it's pulled along and begins to slowly start to drift away from the train. But broken, uh, you are now being kind of spun around, crackling with your electro field between the train's electro field and this dust devil. With with the uh, aware uh, train, what does this look like? It is cool that Greg makes extra gifts for the guests. Yeah, you, oh, yeah. Guys could, you guys could take them, but like only if it makes sense. I don't know, if, if any of you guys were to become a vampire or something. Oh, if any of us were to become a vampire. If any of you were to become a vampire. Oh, aware just lets you impose your will on the supernatural. Oh, oh okay. I guess would come along with uh, with being able to like understand it. So I think it's less that it looks like anything to you, but it feels like something to you. Oh. Yeah, these spirits, uh, they don't want to be here. They don't want to be a part of this. Deathland spirits, a lot of them are kind of feral. They've not been in touch with whatever they are, humanity or otherwise, for a while. But they still could have wants and needs. And these guys are all mashed together. They do not want to be here. They do not want to be here. They didn't even want to, like, pick you up. I think immediately there was a recognition of, like, oh, we've picked another one up. This sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, so there's one on the horizon that the train is approaching. There's the one on the right that is more or less neutralized, but... (laughs) But there, has broken. It has broken in it. <laughs> um, can I look with my special eyes, I guess, at the one that we are hurdling towards? Sure. Would you like me to roll an insight? Would, would you like me to roll an insight? Could you roll yeah, an insight I was, for me? I was going to say. Sure, you roll an insight. Here are the dice. Do you know what's weird? I, I do know some people that play where... Um, All right, I got nothing. Oh, my goodness. That's I rolled a three. A three. On the die. And though that's a four. So that's a free question right now. What's the best way to move this one that we're hurtling towards out of our path? Give it a good hooking. Like a good hooking. It's it's um it's been destabilized enough that a lightning hook can do it, but only if you really uh were to focus on say inflicting great harm. Okay. Uh um, you don't have the vicious strain. <laughs> well, is that my turn? Then insight's a turn, right? Traditionally. Yeah, okay. But like you could you could also just act next. Like we we act weirdly in the round structure here of just like everybody gets a turn to do something. So if, if you'd like to take the first one as we we're at the top now. Okay. Well, I mean, I would I actually think I'm going to if if you are allowing me to act, I think I will actually yell, Jinx! Really fuck up this one that we're running towards! And then I will hop on Jiminy, who is uh, swift, and try and go grab Broken. <laughs> sure, sure. It's weird. You're probably, like, at where the electro field is. So, again, like, if two people were to stand on top of each other, that's how far away Brogan is, but also kind of rotating in and out of that. All right. <laughs> Well, I feel like it's well established enough by this point that we just carry lassos. Can I try and lasso him? Yes. Yeah, uh, yes. Okay, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. You probably don't want to use your physical, the, the little lasso that uh, Trix gave you, but you could sure. pull like the move that you have before using a uh, perhaps a lightning hook. Okay. I will attempt to lasso. Especially since that way back in episode one, we decided that the lightning hook could go on to the anchor suit's electro field. Greg. Uh, Greg. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, so I've got these dice. Let uh, me, let me yeah, take a, take a picture. picture. Take a picture. I got these dice uh, that have one of those like 
rounded corners, uh, and Hannah has successfully rolled one on a corner. Uh, (laughs) Should I just roll it again? (laughs) It's mostly on a four. It's mostly on a four. I think it's... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I see the four from where I'm sitting. That's a nine. So I think that... (laughs) Well, if you look at the picture, which I took from directly above, it does seem like it is mostly on the four. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. All right, so that's a nine total, and I'll do it uh, without compromise or cost. But you do not do it quickly no. or stylishly. Yeah, one of us is about to get injured, but it's it's what it is. <laughs> it's what it is. You hop on Jiminy. Jiminy in his little magnetic dorg booties and dorg mask. His little yorp, 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 uh, running. Jiminy likes Brogan. Jiminy's little dorg charm uh, is kind of his badge. Uh, <laughs> rattles. You zap your, your lightning hook to grab hold. It probably takes a couple shots. It's, it's quick. It's like zap. Zap, zap. Go ahead and take two harm from a lightning hook jolt, Brogan. Reduced by one from the anchor suit, so just one harm. Nice. Then, Andrew, you're able to pull. You're able to pull back to the train, Brogan. I've got a question for you, Hannah. Sure. Ha- has Brogan immediately imprinted upon Andrew? Or is Brogan still just a teammate, not a friend? <laughs> Brogan is absolutely still just a teammate, not a friend. Sure, sure. Oh. Could you go ahead and take one trauma sure. from the equivalent of seeing a teammate hurt? Really, it's more like seeing a teammate imperiled. Okay. Uh, and especially with missing those first two shots, it's like, oh man, if I mess up, like... Is this reduced for my trauma armor already? Or... Oh, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. So in fact... You're fine. Hell yeah. This doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> you got that? Only because I'm on only because I'm on Xanax or whatever. Could you <laughs> actually could you actually mark down could you actually mark down a tally on oh? the, the trauma armor for me? Oh the magic Xanax is working great. <laughs> yeah, mark mark down a tally on like the Leviathan charm. That's a secret tool that I'll use later. Okay. <laughs> Should I have marked last uh last time? Oh yeah, yeah. Mark last time. Okay. Oh gosh. Can I opt not to use it? Sure, if you'd like. Okay, then I will take the trauma because it's only okay. one. This bothers me a little. <laughs> I've been uh, been watching Dimension 20's Never After, and Brendan Lee Mulligan's been handing out Mancala beads. Yeah. Uh, and they've been they're getting me thinking. It does feel a little, little mean of you to start doing this after we've already been using it for a while, but uh, live your life. Uh, a hidden danger. So, Brogan's back. Andrew's done a move. You three, each one move left. There is a slightly destabilized single dust devil on the horizon. Having been rescued from the the center of the terrible dust devil, I think Brogan was, is ready to do something. Hell yeah. So Brogan's gonna look over at Andrew and go, ha, excellent. I appreciate the assist, youngin. And, um... Please never call me youngin again. Gotcha. <laughs> You're right. You know what? You're right. Bird mate. And it's going to turn around real cool and pull out the electro hook, line up a shot and go, look, I know you don't want to be here, but I can't have you here either. Yeah. We'll we'll fire off a shot. Yeah. Roll me force to hook this, hook this dust devil. All right. Hook a hoe. (laughs) Yes. That's going to be a 12. Yeah. Yeah. Five and a six plus one. All right, you do all three, inflicting great harm, uh, suffering little harm in return. See something create an opportunity up. Uh, it's perfect. So that's exactly what you needed to destabilize this dust devil. 
describe it to me, actually, if you'd like, as the train is heading towards uh, the Dust Devil and you've neutralized it. Excellent. Uh, we have the moment where he's lining up the shot, fires it, fires again, flips over at Andrel, fires a third time and misses. And with the fourth shot, <laughs> hits one. And uh, it causes a chain reaction of the bottle bursting and the lightning running over to another and the bottle bursting. And as it slowly starts to dissipate, Brogan pulls his protective eyewear that he has down and goes, it's one down. Puts the, uh, the eyewear back on and turns around to see what everybody else is doing. Oh, the other one's gone already. We're good. Yeah, you see, you see the one that the one that you successfully intercepted, slowly uh, drifting away as the train moves on. Excellent. Debris is like raining, some of it getting zapped up in the electro field, some of it pinging harmlessly off of uh, your anchor suit. Brogan, that was so close to being really cool that I feel like I do have to give you some credit <laughs> for it. <laughs> you don't owe me anything. I uh, I appreciate the assist. Though. Yeah. Save my bacon there. Anytime. The herd mates stick together. The herd sticks together, and there is uh, such genuine joy. You can you can feel the joy radiating from behind the mask. It is <laughs> pure enthusiasm. Oh my god! <laughs> Great job, everybody. Oh, man, I was really worried that we weren't going to make it out of there without the shepherd around. The, the what? What? Oh, you know, the the shepherd, the one who breaks up dust devils. He he moves from place to place, and it's almost like they follow him. Wow. Thank you, Paul. I haven't met the shepherd. <laughs> you know what? With that, we'll maybe we'll learn more about the shepherd, or maybe Stephen will have to sit with that. <laughs> Next time on Ghosts on a Train. Bye. Good job. See ya. Three clears. Three clears for you all. Yay. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Absolutely ridiculous. Rhino Plus Wall is now arriving. Please allow all passengers to exit the train before boarding. This has been Ghosts on a Train, a podcast with the Faustian Nonsense Network, where we played Ghost Lines, an RPG written and designed by John Harper. Music by Sebastian Black and TJ Woods. Edited by Greg Corobus, with Creative Commons Zero sounds from freesound.org. And additional sound design by Kai Gwillem Pritchard. Our cover art is by Yoshiko Agresta. Your line balls for this trip were... Indigo, badge name, Brogan. Played by me, Zan. Andrew Anderson, badge name Dunville, played by me, Hannah Levin. Adric, aka Drix, badge name Colburn, played by me, Stefan Lewis. Pippin Pip McKeel, badge name McKeel, played by me, Guys What Bell. And I have been your conductor, Greg Corobus. For bonus content, as well as behind the scenes, become a patron of the Faustian Nonsense Patreon. And in lieu of monetary support, a review on your favorite podcatcher will help Ghosts on a Train maintain visibility. If you have any questions about the Pride of Duskwall or additions to suggest for the train, please email them to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at ghosts underscore train. And I'll have Candace bring them to the line bowls. Thank you for riding with us, and please consider traveling with us again next time. My favorite part of that is going to be hearing the the edited version of the noise Hannah made for him <laughs> once again. Oh, yes. <laughs>
I, my favorite part about the King of Rats, other than the King of Rats. <laughs> this program was brought to you by a network of dedicated artists with creative souls just like just like yours, 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 yours. yours Faustian yours, nonsense. Yours, thanks yours, you for yours, your patronage. Yeah. Just like yours.